Welcome everyone to Kingdom Rock Radio. We pray that you will enjoy today's message. Now here's a sample of what you'll be hearing today. But they lost it. They lost it here. And even in today's churches, in, in today's time, many places have lost it. There's no presence of God in many churches today. Many places are, again, so hyper-focused on, on things like musicians and, and singers, all right? Or so focused on just the different effects. And we lost the aspect of trying to get God's attention. We're trying to please them, but what about pleasing God? Kingdom Rock Radio is an outreach ministry of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center located right here in Bremen, Georgia. You can connect with us at our website at www.kingdomrock.org. And now, here is today's message. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Word of the Day 360 podcast here on the Kingdom Rock Network. I'm so excited that you have decided to join in with me today as we continue along in our segment entitled Walking Through the Word. If you're new here, we are right now doing a new thing where we are doing a Bible commentary through the book of John, and we are now on part three. So if you haven't already watched episode one and episode two, I definitely encourage you to do that. That way you can, you know, be along with us and stay on tune with us. Okay, so let's go ahead and pick up exactly where we left off. Um, We left off in John chapter two, verse 13, and we're just going to dive right into the scripture. All right. So let's read here. Verse 13. It was nearly time for the Jewish Passover celebration, so Jesus went to Jerusalem. In the temple area, he saw merchants selling cattle, sheep, and doves for sacrifices. He also saw dealers at tables exchanging for money. Jesus made a whip from some ropes and chased them all out of the temple. He drove out all the sheep and cattle, scattered the money changer, uh, rather scattered the money changers' coins over the floor and turn over their tables. Then going over to the people who sold doves, he told them, get these things out of here. Stop turning my father's house into a marketplace. So his disciples remembered this prophecy from scripture, passion for God's house will consume me. Amen. So let's just stop right here and, and, and dive in right here. So there's a few things that, 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 we, that, we, that we need to look at as we read these verses, this particular verse. Uh, number one is that, They have made a temple, God's temple, a place of honor, a place of reverence, a place where sacrifices are to be made. They have placed it into a place, they have rather, they have made it into a place of convenience. All right, let's look here at the Old Testament, right when the construction of the temple was finished. And and, and let's compare these two pictures here, these two different scenes here from how they're treating the temple then uh, then, and how they were treating the temple now. All right, let's look here at 2 Chronicles of uh, chapter 7, verses 1 through 5. Uh, and again, this is uh, when, when Solomon, they had finished the temple and they, they, had, they had began to pray to God and everything. So um, it reads as follows. It says, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 1 through 5 reads, When Solomon finished praying, fire flashed from heaven and burned up the burnt offerings and sacrifices. And the glorious presence of the Lord filled the temple. The priests could not enter the temple of the Lord because the glorious presence of the Lord had filled it. When all the people of Israel saw the fire coming down and the glorious presence of the Lord filling the temple, they fell face down on the ground and worshiped and praised the Lord, saying, He is good. His faithful love endures forever. Then a king and all the people offered sacrifices to the Lord. King Solomon offered a sacrifice of 22,000 cattle and 120,000 sheep 
of sheep and goats. And so the king and all the people dedicated, or rather, and so the king and all the people dedicated uh, the temple of God. I want to look here um, also down a little bit. Let's look here at verse 16. Um, and it reads, uh, for this is the Lord speaking in regards to, to their sacrifice in regards to the temple. This is the Lord speaking here. He says, for I have chosen this temple and set it apart to be holy, a place where my name will be honored forever. I will always watch over it, for it is dear to my heart. So here, again, we see these two pictures, right? Here we can see the temple as a place of reverence, all right, as a place of honor, a place where the tangible presence of God can be felt, a place that is set apart and a place that is dear to the Lord's heart. Now, when we look, when we look back here in uh, John verses, uh, rather John chapter two, verses uh, 13 through 17, we see a whole new, completely different picture here. We see a tremendous change. See, the temple has turned to a place of sacrifice and it has turned to a place of convenience. All right, we, they have turned the temple from a place of trying to appease God and, and, and getting his attention. And now they, they, they turn it to a place of how can we appease the people? How can we make it convenient for them? All right. It has turned into a place that is supposed to be set apart to be made holy. And it has become a commonplace, a marketplace. And because of this, it's because of this that God, because, again, if you remember in the Old Testament, they experienced the tangible presence of God. It's because of this change. It's because of this tremendous change that they have allowed to happen in the temple that the presence was no longer felt. There was money everywhere. They're, they're, they were selling things. They were doing all these other things, but there's no mention of the presence of God like it was in the Old Testament. There's no mention of it. This stands out to me because in today's churches, in today's churches, you know, there's, there's many churches where, you know, we do all these other things. You know, we, we try to make lights, you know, make all the lights bright and, and, and the colorful lights and, 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 and this and that. Try to get the best singers, this, that, and the other. Trying to appease the people. And we have lost that reverence and that honor for the church today. And because of that, we don't experience the presence of God. His, his house is a place of honor. It's a place of, 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 of holiness. It's a place that's supposed to be made and set apart. But they lost it. They lost it here. And even in today's churches, in, in today's time, many places have lost it. There's no presence of God in many churches today. Many places are, again, so hyper-focused on, on things like musicians and, and singers, all right, or so focused on just the different effects, and we lost the aspect of trying to get God's attention. We're trying to please them, but what about pleasing God? We made the church into a commonplace, a place of convenience. And because of this, many churches don't experience the glory of God. They don't experience the presence of God. They have no real move of God because they have turned a place of reverence and honor, a place of sacrifice, a place of prayer into a party, into a paradise for people. We have taken our attention from God and we have placed it on making it convenient for the people. We have placed it on making it comfortable for the people because this is what they were doing at the temple. 
They were set because in the Old Testament, you were supposed to bring sacrifices from your own. But see, here they were bringing sacrifice. They, they, they were able to buy sacrifices to bring it to the temple, making it convenient, making it easier. This is what we do in the churches now. And we we got to make it convenient. We, can, we got to make it easier for people. This is not what it's about. And, and, and this did something to Jesus. This did something to Jesus. And it's interesting because Jesus, we can read throughout the whole entire, you know, New Testament, Jesus has so much patience with people. He has so much grace that he gives to people. But we can see here, it's none of that. It did something to him. He couldn't bear to see the sight of this. What does he do? Let's look here at verse 15 and 16. He says, uh, the Bible says, Jesus made a whip from some ropes and chased them all out of the temple. He drove out the sheep and the cattle scattered the money changers, coins on the floors, and turned over their tables. Then going to the people who sold does, he told them, get these things out of here. Stop turning my father's house into a marketplace. And this is interesting because we know and we understand, and again, we can see the level of patience and, 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 and grace that Jesus has for people. And this is one of those only, really one of the few instances where we see Jesus don't, he doesn't have that level of patience with them. This is the place of honor. Uh, Jesus understands this is a place of honor, a place of reverence, even at the age of 12. When, when Mary and Joseph, they couldn't find Jesus. And he said, did you not know I was at my father's house? I'm doing my father's work. Jesus honored the temple. He, he, he understood how, 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 you know, how, how we're supposed to reverence God, you know, because again, in Second Chronicles, it says that the Lord said, I will set this place apart to be made holy. It is dear to my heart. And you got to understand because there's this perfect relationship with God, the father and God, the son, whatever is dear to the father's heart is dear to Jesus's heart. Jesus, rather God said, the father said, he said, this temple is dear to my heart. So it's dear to Jesus's heart. That's why he reacted in such a way. That's why he reacted so, so animated. Because it was dear to his heart. Amen. Again, Second Second Chronicles seven sixteen says, "For I have chosen this temple and set it apart to be holy, a place where my name will be honored forever. I will always watch over it, for it is dear to my heart." Amen. Again, whatever is dear to the Father's heart is dear to Jesus's heart. And, 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 and it's interesting to see as well, you know, when, when, the, when the disciples saw this, they later remember a, a, a scripture in, in Psalm 69, nine, you know, it says, passion for God's house will consume me. Passion for God's house will consume me. Amen. We can see that this, this, this is, first of all, prophecy coming to pass, but we can also see how, how passionate Jesus was about the temple, how passionate Jesus was about his, uh, uh, about his father's house. He honored it. He, he, he made reverence to it. Amen? So let's continue reading here in verse 18. Let's look at the Jewish leaders and how they responded. 18 says, but the Jewish leaders demanded, what are you doing? If God gave you the authority to do this, show us a miraculous sign to prove it. 19, all right, Jesus replied, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. Now, of course, Jesus, meaning his temple, meaning his body, but they didn't understand this. They, they didn't get this. It went right across their heads in one ear out the other one. Look at their response. What? They exclaimed. It has taken 46 years to build this temple and you can rebuild it in three days. But when Jesus said this temple, he meant his own body. After he was raised from the dead, his disciples remember he had said this and they believed both in the scriptures and what Jesus said. 
because of this miraculous sign, rather because of the, the miraculous signs Jesus did in Jerusalem at the Passover celebration, many people began to trust in him. But Jesus didn't trust them because he knew all about people. No one needed to tell him about human nature, for he knew what was in each person's heart. Now, understand something here. Jesus is no fool. He, he, he's no fool. The, the Bible here, it, it says they believed in Jesus, but it says Jesus didn't trust them. He, he, he didn't entrust himself into them. Why? Because Jesus, the, the, the fact of the matter is they, they were seeing the miracles. They were seeing the things that Jesus were doing. And because of what they were seeing, they were placing their belief on Jesus based off what they were seeing. That's not true. That's not true belief. That's not true faith. And Jesus understood this because Jesus, again, he doesn't just look at, he doesn't look at us, but he looks within us. We talked about this in episode two. When he looks at us, he doesn't just look at us, but he looks within us. See, many people, you know, many people now that we, if we see people, you know, praising this, that, and the other, oh, they're about, they're about that thing for real. But, but see, Jesus, he, that doesn't phase him. He looks within us. He looks with he looks at our hearts and he was in, in this very moment I, I dare say that he was looking at these people and, and how they were all you know probably just you know admonishing him and this, that, and the other. Jesus was probably seeing that, but he was looking deeper. He was looking at things that other people couldn't see. He was looking at their hearts. He could see that their faith was only attached to the miracles. Their faith wasn't attached to who he was. Their, their faith was attached to the miracles. Amen. It's interesting to note that. These same people here that were probably praising Jesus, this, that, and the other, were the same people who were probably saying, you know, release Barnabas and, and, and kill Jesus. Because, again, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Because, you know, sometimes we, we, people can give a false praise, this, that, and the other, but it won't go on forever. Eventually, what is actually in their heart will come out. And though they were praising Jesus at this time, it, uh, later on, they, they, they were saying, kill Jesus, crucify him, this, that, and the other. So again, from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. All right, don't just get so caught up in what people are doing in a moment. Give us some time. Jesus understood this. Give us some time because Jesus knew their heart. Jesus knew their heart. All right. Jesus did not trust them. He knew their heart. Amen. So again, this concludes chapter two right here. This concludes chapter two and... We're going to actually stop here due to time restraints. But when we come back, we're going to start again in chapter three with Nicodemus. This is going to be something great. And I pray that you come back and you tune in with us. But this is all that we have for you. This is all that I have for you all today. I hope that it has truly blessed you. I pray that it has brought clarity and understanding of God's beautiful word and, and, and has increased your knowledge of the word. Amen. So I hope this has truly blessed y'all. I love you all and I will see you all next time. Well, we pray that you were blessed and encouraged by today's message. Don't forget, you can connect with us at our website at kingdomrock.org. It's there that you can hear today's message as well as the entire series. So check it out today. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. We'll see you on the next time.